Hello and welcome to the 38th edition of the Sports Rundown Podcast. In this edition of the podcast, we will be running down the games that happened on Saturday and Sunday in the NCAA and NFL. We'll start out this podcast by talking about an updated top 10 coming out of the NCAA, the AP updated top 10. Still at number one, you have LSU still standing at the number one spot. With I don't think there are being any question that they're the number one team in the country right now. Well, I agree that they should be, like, without question, that they should be the number one team. Just because Joe Burrow having a Heisman candidate, I think there's no, most likely the Heisman winner. I think there's no question in the defense that they have. I think there's no question that they should be number one at this point. Up next is number two, Ohio State. I I also think that this is a pretty good pick, like a pretty good placement for them, because I feel like they're definitely better than Clemson or Alabama, who just, Alabama's fate's about to maybe change a little bit, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But, yeah, so then we have Ohio State at two, we have Clemson at three, Georgia at four, Alabama at five, Oregon at six, Utah at seven, Oklahoma at eight, Penn State at nine, and Florida at ten. So now the first thing that we're going to talk about in the NCAA part of this podcast is that it's looking like the Minnesota Golden Gophers, as you hear, they are not in that top 25 list. It's looking that they're looking like their playoff luck might have, that undefeated season might have run out. And with it probably went their only attempt to being able to get into the college football playoffs. With the loss to number 20 ranked Iowa, I, th- I think there's no question that they're, like, they're done. They're, there's no route that they can possibly get in. I think they're just done at this point. I mean, it was a good run. It was a good undefeated run while they could. I mean, there's no question they're still going to probably get into a pretty good bowl, but, I mean, they're not going to get the undefeated season, and there's no chance now that they're going to be able to get into the into the college football playoffs. But that's not the big story. The big story is in the SEC, as Tua Tagaloa, the quarterback for Alabama, is now out for the season with a dislocated hip injury. He did have surgery, and that, that, that was successful. It was immediate surgery, and it's looking like he'll be able to go back to to athletic, like, running, sprinting, rolling out of the pocket to throw. He's going to be going back to, like, sports maneuvers in three months, is, is what most people are going to be saying, is that he'll be doing, going back to that in three months. It wasn't even that gruesome of a hit. It was honestly just the fact that two people hit him at the same time. He didn't also end up with a bloody nose at the end of it. So, I mean, there's no question... I mean, he got messed up after that hit, but I mean, it's not—it's not like like they went helmet to helmet with him, or they went like helmet to knee with him, like helmet to hip with him. A lot of different things happened, which ended up t- turning him with that dislocated hip. Which I mean, that's just the real question: is where does that set the SEC now? Because with Alabama, Matt Jones can—I mean, he hasn't took taken a lot of snaps because he's been been behind Tua. Can he step into the spotlight and shine? A lot of people don't think so. I don't know. I haven't. Exa- I don't know if we've exactly got enough to to be able to know if he's got if he's gonna be able to do that or not. Which is why I'm not gonna put it past Alabama. Do I think that they're gonna have a lot harder time to be able to get in and go and get back to where they think where a lot of people thought they would be? They can jump back into the four and then they become title favorites. I don't think that's gonna be the fate that they have, especially without a. I wasn't sure if that was gonna happen with an 80% Tua, but now with not with no Tua at all, I think it's gonna be incredibly hard in the tide, but it's still. Keep up that keep up that run of being able to stay up at like a, a top three team. Now it's looking like it's, it could be Georgia's race. We know it's LSU's race, but now we have Georgia at four. But Alabama was the team that was tempting Georgia now. And then you have 
Oregon who's under them, and who knows, that's the real question now of Alabama, if, say they lose to one of the teams in the SEC championship, does that jump Oregon up there? Would that be enough to jump over Georgia? Like, that's just a real quick, because that's the thing, you have two you have two Pac-12 teams in the top 10 right now with Oregon and Utah, like, you have two different top 10 teams that are both threats to be able to go to the college football playoffs, but it's just, it's going to come down to the fact the selection committee thinks it should get in, but it's. I think we're just looking at going off what we think that they're going to be looking at. I feel like it's just going to be the question of, for one thing, the big thing is going to be the strength of schedule. I think that Utah and Oregon. I mean, they're not going to have. They're not if if they go based off strength of schedule. I think like there's no there's no question. Oregon and Utah aren't going to be able to get in because they don't have the strength of schedule that Georgia does because they don't play in the same type of conference that Georgia does. They don't play in the SEC. It's nothing against the Pac-12. It's still a Power Five conference without question, but it's just—it's not the SEC. It's not that. Though, pretty much, whenever you think SEC, you think football. Whenever you think football, mostly college football, most people to say SEC or Clemson from the ACC right now, which I mean, I'd have to agree with too. That's what I mostly think whenever I think of college football, like high high caliber college football. It's the SEC. And I think it's just going to be a real question, especially if Alabama drops one. How far are they going to drop, depending on who? Like, if they go drop it in the SEC championship, it's going to be different. But I'm more talking about the fact of what happens if or if they drop it before the SEC championship and then, it, like, to an unranked team, that like an old Miss or a team like that, that there's no question that they should have beaten, but they drop the game because Matt Jones is inexperienced at that point. Like, what, where, where is that going to be able to put them, really? And I think that's just a real question that's going to be a-, a lot of people are going to be asking right now. Moving on to another Power 5 conference, getting away from the SEC, is, is the Big 12. They're also wondering a lot of things right now. As Baylor and Oklahoma played, which was what a lot of people thought that the, pa- that the Big 12 championship was going to be, was going to be between Oklahoma and Baylor. Well, Oklahoma and Baylor had a very, very interesting game in the fact of Right before halftime, Baylor was up on Oklahoma, twenty-eight to three. It was at it was at Baylor, twenty-eight to three. They're like, this is going to be a blowout win for them. Then they go into half, thirty-one ten, and then it starts falling apart. Then it, it honestly, I don't even know. I watched that entire game, and I don't, I still don't know what happened to that team. Like, like Oklahoma just started clicking. Baylor couldn't click. Just like it felt like they couldn't click to save their life. Like, I mean, and it felt like it was just. The entire undefeated season and like everything that came with it was just falling apart. Like it was just every it was just crumbling, and from lack of a better word at this point, it was just crumbling out of their hands. Because I mean, Baylor is an undefeated team that was looking for, with this window without question jump into into the top ten, but now it's a question of we don't even know where they're going to end up. But then there's the but then you got to come back and think about the question at this point of of what what team is going to like, if these two teams play again in the Big 12 and then Baylor, say Baylor wins, how does that, like, how does that di- differ? Because, yeah, because, I mean, if they split one and one, where does that put each team? And I think it was just, there's a lot of questions that are going to be, have to be answered on that day. And, I mean, the, this is the job of the selection to committee to, to tell us what the answers to these questions are. And I, I just think that their job is going to be really hard this year because, I mean, I mean, I think it's hard every year just resume, but I think it's going to be even harder now, especially if like Alabama loses, because Alabama's usually for sure in the college football playoffs. But if they lose, tw- if they lose twice, as for sure as everybody's like, oh, they just give Alabama the benefit of the doubt. Alabama, Alabama could go five hundred and they could still get in. 
I mean, I don't know. I think I, I don't think I don't think they they hate against Alabama. I think I don't know. I think in some cases they, they even they might favor Alabama just to try to get them in. But I mean, I think usually Alabama definitely doesn't. They don't put themselves in the worst spot. Like they don't they don't lose three games. That's what I'm kind of wondering with all these with all these one loss teams. Is Alabama uh, is there any chance like in the world that Alabama? I mean, I just want to say Alabama hasn't lost a second game yet. So. I am talk. I am just speculating completely here. Say Alabama ends up not actually ends up losing that second game. Do they still have any chance of getting back into the college football playoffs? I wouldn't say that they would. I'm also not on the playoff committee. The second part of our podcast will be talking about the NFL. The first thing we'll be talking about is one of the main points that happened in the NFL. It happened on Thursday Night Football with Miles Garrett. And him taking the helmet off of Mason Rudolph and trying to bash his head in with it, pretty much. Now, Miles Garrett, Marquise Pouncey, he's been fine. He's going to take a suspension. Miles Garrett's the big one because he's out for the entire season. It might be out for next season. I completely agree with Roger Goodell here. There's no place for that in this sport. Like, there's no place for that kind of, like, childish behavior. For one thing, I, I, I kind of disagree with Pouncey, the center for the Steelers, getting a suspension because he was coming in to protect his quarterback. Some people could think, oh, Mason Rudolph should have got a suspension because at the big, if you see, he was instigating because he kicked Miles Garrett in the groin and tried to yank his helmet off. That's why he took, that's why he took Rudolph's helmet off and did what he did. Even that, I can, I can agree with that if, if Garrett would have just taken Mason Rudolph's helmet off and like thrown it to the side. But I mean, if you take it and you try to like, physically hit somebody in the side of the head with their own helmet, I feel like that's just taking it to a different extreme. That, which is the one, which is the one reason, and I mean, he even came out and said he understands what he did was childish, and it just, it, he understands how bad it looks on him and the team, and he, like, he really wanted to try to apologize for his actions, but I don't know if you can really apologize away to Mason Rudolph trying to bash his head in with a helmet. I mean, yeah, you don't want to get kicked in the groin, but I think accidents like that happen. If every time, I honestly think, like, every single time, without a doubt, that happened, that somebody would, would somebody on the other team, that that would happen, they would try to take their helmet off and, like, hit them with it, I feel like there'd be, a, there'd, like, be most of the NFL suspended. Especially under the pile, that, like, jabbing, that kind of stuff, it, it happens all the time. Which is why even, yeah, he, he might have started, and it might be an instigation, yeah, it's not the best thing in the world, but it happens all the time, and these guys... I mean, he even said he, you're a professional athlete and you need to keep your cool in that kind of scenario. Up next, we'll talk about probably who I think will win the MVP. I don't th- I don't know if he will for a fact, but I think there's definitely he has the best case right now, and that's Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens. They're also now making an argument for the NFL's best team. I don't, I don't agree with this argument at all. I think the Ravens are completely overrated. You can agree with me on that if you want. If you have a different opinion on that, make sure to comment it down below. But I just honestly think that I think the Ravens are overrated. I think Lamar Jackson's good. I think that if you put if you put this team in third down and longs for the entire game, you're going to beat him because I don't think Lamar Jackson can honest. I don't think that he can win a game with his arm, which is why I think whenever we get to the AFC playoffs, we're gonna we're gonna more understand that that Lamar Jackson like literally can't win a game with his arm. If it comes down to the Ravens having to say Lamar, here's the ball. You have to throw this win for us. I feel like it's just not going to help them. And that can, when it comes down to Ravens quarterback, I'd rather have Trace McSorley, the backup, to, to be able to throw for the for the win, even with like no experience. I'd rather have him throw for it than Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson's good, but I think this I think MVP talk is like way overrated for him. 
Do I still think he'll win it? Yeah, because he makes the most flashy plays. They're trying to usher in a new genre quarterback where there's like a, a run, not really even a run first mentality quarterback, but like a more running kind of quarterback. Which in some cases, it just reminds me of them trying, kind of like in a way trying to turn this into college football with these quarterbacks that have a run first mentality. I mean, you got to understand that they're doing that just for one because the, and it, one example would just be, I mean, think, look at the number one pick. He's a, he's a running quarterback. He's, he literally is the most rushing, rushing guards on his entire team, which is Kyler Murray for the Arizona Cardinals. That's what I honestly think. I feel like there are a lot of these guys like Brady or Rodgers, like, I mean, that they're not like a, they're not like a, not, I don't even want to say a run first mentality quarterback because I feel like if you're a quarterback, nobody has a run first mentality. But I feel like they're not, they're not just more of like, a, like whenever you're playing Brady and Rodgers, you're not so much worried about running a QB contain or running a QB spy, if you don't know what that is. So it's pretty much having one of your linebackers just follow the quarterback wherever he goes. to. So in case he tries to roll out of the pocket, that linebacker's there. And then contain is just whenever you have your defensive ends hook out, like you just have them go to the outside so, you, so that you kind of close the quarterback. It is what some people try to do with Lamar Jackson. It's a lot easier done than what you honestly think it is, because he's not exactly easy. To be, he's not exactly easy to keep in the pocket just because of how nimble and shifty he is. He showed that many times this season already. The Ravens, I just don't. I still, have, I still haven't figured them out. Like I think there's. I don't. I'm not questioning. I think they're good. They're a playoff team. Like there's no question there. But do I think there's this talk of like, oh, they're Lamar Jackson's a runaway MVP, Baltimore Ravens like best team in the NFL or or like top two? I don't know if I'd go that far. See, I wouldn't. You again, you comment down below your opinion on that if you think the Baltimore Ravens are the best team in the NFL or even close. Honestly, where do you rank them? I'd probably rank them like four or five. Like I don't think I don't even know if I'd give them top three. Like I think I don't know maybe. Maybe I'd give them top three, but I mean, there's also a really good chance that I probably wouldn't give them top three. Oh, next, which is the other outcome of the Baltimore Ravens game, which whenever Lamar, the re, one of the reasons Lamar Jackson was able to jump into the MVP race was because of the uh, dismantling of the Houston Texans, which was supposed to be between two Heisman, two not, oh my goodness, excuse me, two Heisman candidates now, two NFL MVP candidates between Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. Well, the Ravens completely ran the Texans. They beat them 41-7. to This game was literally not even close. It was at Baltimore, and it was not even close. It's starting to really, especially at this point, try to drop Watson out of the MVP race at this point. I don't think you can really give it to him whenever he's losing that badly in like one of, in like one of the most anticipated games of the year because you have the, this is the first time that these two teams have played since they're like one of the better college football games you've seen in the past couple of years between them whenever... Lamar Jackson was at Louisville, and Deshaun Watson was the quarterback at Clemson. And the game came down to the very end between those two was at Clemson. And this was going to be their first. And this was going to be their first matchup after that. I think this was a very highly anticipated matchup, and it just really didn't pan out to be anything of what people thought it was going to be. One of the other talking points I want to talk about is the Dolphins. They're starting to win now. I I don't. I mean, you could see that they've tried to pull an onside kick to try to win the game. Last week, they ended up losing to the Bills. I mean, yeah, but I mean, at least we can see they're trying to win. Because a team, you don't onside kick it if you're trying to lose to tank. You kick it off and you just like, okay, hey, the Bills won. Yay, at least we're going to get top pick. No, you don't onside kick it, try to get for like a weird chance of trying to get the ball back and win the game. You don't really exactly do that if you're tanking. 
I feel like people shouldn't be mad. Like, I mean, the Dolphins, they realize that they're probably not going to get the top pick. And I feel like it's smart now that you should just maybe, hey, start, start, let's actually start, let's put, let's put a few wins together. Maybe three or four wins together. Maybe let's not, like, only have two wins and be, like, a laughing stock in the NFL. Like, maybe let's, like, and I have nothing against that. I feel like some people are like, you should just tank. Why, you guys can't even tank, right? Like, that's how bad you guys are. You guys can't even lose on purpose. I feel like that's a little harsh to say because, I mean, especially if they know they're out of that race because the Bengals are now winless, they're 0-10, and I think there's a, there's a high a high chance that they, I think there's a chance that they get one or two wins, which, I mean, the Dolphins, I think they have two or three now, so they're probably out of it, as I said. I, and I don't have a problem with that, but I feel, I just don't really understand. I don't think it's really fair for people to be upset with if the Dolphins are trying to win now. One of the teams that's really surprised me in the last two weeks is the Atlanta Falcons, as they just had back-to-back wins over the over the New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers, both end division teams. I don't really know what's going on with the Falcons right now. I just think it's. I just want to say that they're like a team that's really surprised me, and I feel like a lot of people with these wins, like in this blowout win over the Saints, like I feel like they're they're really surprising a lot of people. Like, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep it up. They're up to 3-7, and seven, but I don't know. Who knows? The luck may run out soon. And with that said, I want to wrap up the 38th edition of the Sports Run on Podcast. If you missed any podcasts, make sure to get, go get caught up down below. And I want to thank you for listening to the 38th edition of the Sports Run on Podcast.